In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm the director of ministry relations for WAVA Radio and co-host of Good News for the City. So welcome to today's programs. Program, I guess. It's just one today. Just one. Just one today. One of the, you know, folks, one of the things, the continuing discussions that we have here at Good News for the City is that, that one of faith and business and that dynamic in the workplace. And to be honest, there are several different layers to this conversation from building a business on Christian values to using your business as a way to spread the gospel to using business as a platform to cause change in a community. The list can go on and on and on. And our guests today have been on the front lines of supporting Christian entrepreneurs in many, many ways for more than 20 years. So we're going to talk about that today. And of course, to get us started and to introduce our guests for the day, I want to welcome my good friend and co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bales. Brian is a senior pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Good to see you, buddy. God bless you, man. Yeah, we're going to talk again today about the idea of what it looks like, that the reality is you don't have to separate Christian from business, Christian from entrepreneurship. Are you kidding? That there's the idea of sacred-secular divide is just that. It's an idea, but it's not a reality. It's not a good idea. And we've got two people, uh, one in the studio with us today and one via the phone to talk about that. Uh, The first is Kelly Leonard. Welcome back, Kelly. You are a veteran. We've talked before. Uh, In fact, I'm just glad when people agree to come back on the show with us, Dennis. What do you think? Wow, it's, yeah. Yeah. Like we're not as bad as folks think well or maybe, maybe but you never maybe, know maybe, but uh, maybe, maybe. let me tell you a little about kelly she's based in montgomery county maryland she's a wife mother community leader professionally speaker trainer consultant award-winning tv show host podcast host and small business owner you know i remember being exhausted last time I'm reading tired, your bio, man. just all the stuff that she does i'm tired uh, already yeah prior though to becoming ceo of taylor leonard corporation she had leadership positions g capital kaiser permanente price waterhouse Currently, though, she does oversee Kelly Leonard Consulting, uh, and uh, she's successfully helped thousands of clients to launch new businesses, increase revenue, build profitable strategic partnerships, land dream jobs, things like that, and more using her signature boost methodology for LinkedIn. Her I may ask her to get my dream job, man. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's, uh, it, it'll be worse if a, a station manager, Tom Moyer, asked her to get you your dream <laughs> That's job. True. That's true. That would true. be different. <laughs> well, Kelly and her husband, Jerome, serve as co-area developers with the Nehemiah Project, which we're going to be talking about today. They support Christians and Christian churches that are believing in entrepreneurship through Washington metro area. They're seeking to start and grow value-based businesses. On the line with us is Patrice Saguet. He is a Christian business trainer, entrepreneur, international speaker, preacher, author, and business. Are you noticing a trend? We're talking with qualified people. We're just slackers, man. We are. Uh, Patrice specializes in helping families incorporate their faith into their business practices, helping them to ensure that their businesses are able to exist beyond them and into the third generation. 
He's the co-founder and chief servant officer. I love that title, chief servant officer of both That's the Nehemiah cool. Project International That's Ministries cool. and PG and Associates LLC, which he founded with his wife. And I love he also calls her his best friend. That's awesome, uh, Gina. He's also the co-founder of Nehemiah Enterprise Coaching as well as Kingdom Business Coaching. He's training coached over 15,000 individuals on how to start or expand their businesses using training and coaching principles found in the Bible. He's the author of several books and training curriculums, and he publishes a weekly e-devotional and podcast for entrepreneurs and business ex- executives. It's released to over 4,000 individuals globally, and he serves on the boards of several organizations. He and his wife, Gina, have two children that uh, are wonderful, Gabrielle and Danielle, and they reside in Vancouver, Washington. All right. Man, we could have spent the first twenty minutes just giving all their credentials. I'm I'm tired. That was man. I'm tired. Yeah, but it's a good tired. It's a good tired because these are smart folks. Yeah, I'm not seeing Patrice because he's he's on the line. But Kelly looks really really young for as much as that she does. I, I would look much more tired than you do, Kelly. So let's just go to hop into it. This year, twenty years celebrating service for Nehemiah Project International. We have talked about it before, but we don't assume everyone has listened to every show we did, but they can if they go to the podcast at com or onehartdc.com. Uh, little plug there, right? Tell us about the Nehemiah Project. Patrice. Oh, we're going to pass yeah, that to Patrice. Yeah, actually, we'll go with him. I think we've got the founder, the co-founder oh, that's of the right. Nehemiah Project yeah, right, right on the line. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be one of the technicalities today. I'm not sure who I'm supposed to talk to since we don't have them both in the studio. Patrice, help us out there, would you? Would love to, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being with you guys today. Thank you for the partnership, One Heart DC, and of course the radio station. Kelly, you are my guy. We call Kelly our first lady. Mm, there and, you go. Uh, she wears it well. Well, me and my project is a really was started out of Washington DC, incidentally. Um, we are an international business development and training organization uh, with a mission to build kingdom companies. Uh, we define a kingdom company as a transformational enterprise, you know, with a business that is different, that is unique, that does things really different with impact, with a, that operates with, with a quadruple bottom line, mm. impacting people, the planet, the community, and eternity. Yeah. So, you know, I love it whenever I hear, by the way, anything, Dennis, something started in Washington, D.C., and it continues to grow, and it's a good thing, right? I mean, <laughs> Indeed. We're not, we're not making a statement we're on our government right that, now, man. but we we're are implying that. that. Now, when we think about Nehemiah Project, there are a couple <laughs> terms um, that are used in your mission and vision statement, and lots of uh, organizations have a mission statement. Lots of organizations have a vision statement. Now, whether they keep them, it's a different story, but Nehemiah Project does actually do that, and these are the two words, kingdom business and the second phrase, rather, the two phrases are biblical entrepreneurship. Plus that out a little bit, one of you, if you would, from what uh, what does that really mean, kingdom business or biblical entrepreneurship? Well, kingdom business is, as I stated in our mission statement, means businesses that are different, that are set apart, that are uniquely developed and built mm-hmm. to impact the kingdom and the community. And they have four bottom lines. Most businesses have a single bottom line that you make a profit. Kingdom companies have four. Mm-hmm. They're profitable, they positive impact people, their customers, their vendors, their employees. The community, they reinvest back in the way to do business in, they reinvest back, making a difference. And lastly, eternity. They are intentional about the evangelism and discipleship. Yeah. 
Now, when we think about biblical entrepreneurship, I think sometimes, uh, as I said earlier on, and Kelly, I'll go to you for this, mm-hmm. that we, we often create these wrong sort of divides between secular and sacred, so that when we hear the term biblical and entrepreneurship, we'll take one and naturally put it in a sacred category, biblical. Right. Entrepreneurship, maybe we would wrongly put it uh, in a secular category, even though the Bible is filled with entrepreneurship. And so as a business owner or maybe someone uh, that could consider themselves an entrepreneur who may be listening to this live or on the podcast, I want you to talk about the the tension that they may have in themselves mm-hmm. or that you've heard other business owners or entrepreneurs talk about uh, and why they shy away from mixing faith and business, business and perhaps the way they think of it negatively isn't the way they should think about it. What would you say to them? Yeah, and that's a great question, Pastor Brian, because you know that was actually one of the uh, misnomers that mm-hmm. I had early on as well as an entrepreneur. Of course, you know we think about Sundays as being or, or weekends as being these sacred times where we gather and worship. And I pray. wish we could get full weekends, but I'll just take Sunday at Christian <laughs> Fellowship Church, right? So I'm sorry. Go ahead. And so you know we think of that as the sec- the the sacred time, and yeah. then you know Monday through Friday we're off and and we're going to work, and we yeah. have this um, this idea, this notion that God just doesn't care about our work, and so we wrongfully human nature is to compartmentalize our lives. Yeah. That was just the word I was yes. thinking yeah. about, right? And so we yes. and we put God in these in these boxes. We mm-hmm. put ourselves in these boxes. But who created these? But these are man made boxes, right? Yeah. And we serve a God who really wants to have all of us. He wants to be in every realm of every decision in everything that we do. So beyond our church attendance, he wants to be there. And whether we bring him in or, in or not, he's in the workplace. Yeah, it's Amen. just a matter of whether Amen. or not we're going to yeah. be intentional yeah. about bringing him in and welcoming him, ushering him into that place. Mm-hmm. So it's holy ground. It's all holy ground, right? Yeah. yeah. Indeed. I'm going to go back to that word compartmentalization because whether it's biblical entrepreneurship or whether it's just our day in and day life, whether you consider yourself a business owner or entrepreneur, we have this tendency as people to kind of carve up our lives uh, into little sections and thinking that God is just involved and sovereign and powerful and should have control in this one section. And I've got the rest of it. Yeah. And then too often, right, whether it is in our entrepreneurship and our businesses or it's in our day in and day life, when things start going in a direction that just isn't that great, then we turn to God and say, well, where were you? What, you know, (laughs) and and, uh, because he's gracious and kind, he doesn't say, well, you never invited me in. I've been here the whole time. Yeah. But it is, that interesting thing that we tend to decompartmentalize mm-hmm. when things are seemingly going poorly right and we try to compartmentalize thinking we can do it from our own strength and our flesh uh, when we think things are going right and this is kind of one of the things we start talking about and Patrice I want to go back to you about the difference of applying biblical principles uh, and how it makes a difference in when a company makes decisions and what they do because as you mentioned before for someone that isn't a kingdom business is one bottom line mm-hmm. profit and uh, when you think about being a biblical entrepreneurship, uh, there are things that could push up against profit and how that you act or interact with your community, your employees, and those types of things. What difference do you feel like you've seen it make in your life and other people's lives when they adopt these biblical principles? Yeah, uh, a huge difference. An example, I'm actually here at one of a biblical entrepreneurial company uh, in Orlando, Florida. They're a construction company. They do about six million dollars a year. And from the look on the outside, they would typically they would look like any traditional construction company. However, first the name, mm-hmm. Hosanna. Say something. Right? Yeah. The name is Hosanna Building Contractors. So 
uh, kingdom businesses tend to have names that are reflective of their purpose or their kingdom nature. It doesn't always mean they have Christian names. Yeah, but I mean, putting that Christian name name out there like Hosanna kind of puts them out on Front Street already. Let's them know that if we're going to put the name on the front of the company, uh, we should probably back that up with other things. That's pretty brave. You got it. It could be a lot of pressure. When you walk in uh, the cleanliness of the facility, uh, you will notice maybe the wall have certain kinds of picture or certain kind of words. Scripture, you might see it. Right, so the, you, so you walk in some kind of the companies. You don't know whether you are in a church or whether you are in a business. Mm. Right, there's almost that blur. But then, when you see how the people interact, you see that it's an environment where people care for each other. They do devotional or Bible studies in the morning. Uh, they pray before activities. But more important than that, you see their interaction with their customers and their vendors. A little different. They go the extra yes. mile. They yes. use a language yes. system mm-hmm. that says we care more mm-hmm. than the transaction. Yeah. It's just something that, Brian, you said, and Patrice um, reminded me. The other day, I was out driving the WAVA van. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You cut someone off and yelled them in traffic? <laughs> I didn't. My wife reminds me, dude. You're in the WAVA van, and you said when you put the name out there, yeah. you, you know, that means something, and it's yeah. true. Uh, not that my driving habits change a lot, but I'm very aware yes. when the WAV, when I'm driving that van, man, who that represents and what it represents. So, yeah, that's, that's exactly right, man. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let me ask you this question. What sort of impact um, have you seen the Nehemiah Project have then over the last 20 years, not just from um, – the aspect of people's businesses and all of that, but also uh, what are the actual numbers? Because if I'm a business person, uh, and at the end of the day, I'm a business person, but more importantly, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm I'm the son of the Almighty God. I'm thinking to myself, are they trying to tell me that if I make a commitment to be a kingdom business person, that means that my business is going to fail uh, at a greater extent than other businesses. What are the risks there? What sort of numbers have you seen? Uh, either one of you can speak to that about um, the response and the results of what it means to actually live out a business in the way that Jesus wants us to live it out. Well, and I know I can talk from a yeah. personal perspective. And well, that's, Patrice, I always love it when people talk yeah. about personal perspectives. <laughs> but I mean, and I say that because, yeah. right, it, it's really easy to talk about other people right. taking that risk right. or other people doing that. Yeah. But when the people who are a part of something say, I'm not just, for lack of a better term, selling you a product I don't use, right. but I'm actually living and walking out this very thing that I believe in. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'll touch on personally from yeah. Kelly Leonard's perspective, and then Patrice, I'll invite you in to sort of talk from a, a global perspective. But I know for me, initially, um, us getting involved with Nehemiah Project was even, because to to your earlier point around Oftentimes, we only invite God into a situation when we're troubled. And Mm. so, quite frankly, and to be totally transparent, Nehemiah Project was introduced to us at a time when our marriage was in trouble because I was coming out of corporate America where I was making a very significant income and um, came on board with my husband to join the company where suddenly, you know, I no longer had those direct deposits every 15th and 30th day of the month. And so, you know, as a pastor, oftentimes one of the biggest causes of divorce or, you know, marital challenges is finance. And then you choose to work together, right? And that that's that even exactly. increases it because you guys, yes. you both have the same stress yes. in the same company. Absolutely. And then add type A to that, each of us being type A, then you got a whole That deeply thing. surprises me. People from the Washington <laughs> yeah. metro yeah. area are type A. Yes. 
So, I can't relate. <laughs> yeah, not at all. I cannot relate. So we came to Nehemiah Project at a time where our marriage was was suffering. And actually, we spoke to a spiritual mentor of ours and said, hey, our marriage is suffering. And, and he said, you know what? I want you to do me a favor. Humor me, and I want to introduce you to this gentleman, Patrice Sage, who's the founder of this organization, Nehemiah Project. And I'm thinking, we just told you our marriage is, is in trouble, and you want to talk to us about business? And he said, well, you know, I feel like you're compartmentalizing, and you need to invite Christ into all areas. You know, now you're in this new business venture. And so fast forward to today, part of the reason why I got so passionate about Nehemiah Project was not because initially I felt like, oh, okay, this would be the solution to our problem. It was because I saw my husband go through this process, this very intensive training and coaching process where I saw transformation in the way that he was you know, sort of dealing with our marriage, Mm -hmm. interacting with our children, interacting with our clients, our suppliers, even our competitors, our community. And and I wanted a piece of all of this great transformation that I saw taking place in his life. And so it wasn't until I saw evidence of how this program was impacting not only our business, but our marriage. Mm. It got me excited. And so, Patrice, I'll turn it over to you to sort of share, okay, what's the bigger impact that we've seen in terms of as an organization? Yeah, it can reflect a somebody in the U.S. who's been impacted. Let me pick two international. One, let me pick Venezuela in Mexico, mm-hmm. who was bankrupt, homeless, went through real entrepreneurship, and the Lord restored him back into business. Today, uh, Rene is not only back in business. His business employs over 400 people collectively. He's invested both in Mexico, in the U.S., and in Africa. Yeah. through his prophets. Let me use Pastor Gabriel in France. Traditional pastor came to the program, and he learned that he had an entrepreneurship bent. Now he's pastoring in France. He owns a business in Congo, and he's building a school in his mother country. Wow. That, 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 that is entrepreneurship, if you're in that many different places at a time. And so when we think about Nehemiah Project... Obviously, we can talk about some of the things that have happened in the past and great things, but all good entrepreneurs have one foot in the present Mm -hmm. and, well, two or three feet if they had four (laughs) or three feet, right, into the future. That's kind of what makes them entrepreneurial. What are some of that when we think about Nehemiah Project, which in and of itself is an entrepreneurial organization? What are some of those things, some future goals that you hope that um, Nehemiah Project will engage in? Well, in the next 10 years, we're looking to train 300,000 entrepreneurs around the world. We want to create 100,000 jobs mm-hmm. and develop 20,000 new businesses. Um, and that, uh, that, that goal helps us to stay. And we're doing it. We want to do it both in Europe, in Africa, in Latin America, of course, in North America, and in Asia as well. But more important than that, we want to see those regions of the world to have ref- businesses that reflect the true glory of God. One of the things that we love to share is that being a biblical entrepreneur is being a worshiper. Ah, yes. Because the word work is the same root word in the Hebrew as worship. These men and women mm-hmm. are going to bring a worship experience in the marketplace. Yes. I love how you break that down because we have this tendency, again, to compartmentalize worship into Sunday, this moment when right. we maybe raise our hands, depending on tradition, or if you grow up in a conservative tradition, put our hands in our pockets and <laughs> sing a song, whatever it might be. Uh, but it, it, that isn't 
not worship, if to use a double negative, but uh, it's so much more than that. Well, in the last five minutes or so, um, I want to talk about an upcoming event that you have here in the Washington, D.C. area. It's in August. Um, it's with uh, the International Partners and the Teachers Conference. It's the 19th through the 25th. Because um, people are listening. They're thinking, oh, well, this is interesting. Maybe I should connect in that. I'm guessing that that conference would be a good place to, to find out more in a real practical, hands-on way. Absolutely. And, and you know, we're excited because traditionally this conference, which takes place on in an annual um, occasion, mm-hmm. takes place down in Florida. Well, we've moved it because of my petitioning and my ability to, to sell the Washington, D.C. Right. You better area. hope the weather's really good, right? It's just saying. <laughs> well, it's August. To, yeah, my goodness. It's, it's better than Hazy, Florida. Hot and humid, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> better than Florida in August. But we're excited because, you know, we believe that so much can be done. So as D.C. goes, so mm-hmm. the world goes. I mean, yeah. so many people, their eyes are on the Washington, D.C. area right now. And we believe that if we can just stand up this remnant of men and women who are business owners, biblical entrepreneurs, to show the love of God in the marketplace where we believe will be sort of the next wave of discipleship will go through the marketplace. And so we're excited to be a part of what's going to take place here in the D.C. metro area. And they go to NehemiahProject.org. They can find out more information about that? Absolutely, yes. All right. We hope that that you will do that. And the theme, uh, and maybe Patricia, you want to talk about that, is innovation. Not surprising for an entrepreneurship sort of idea, innovation. What can people expect? Oh, yeah. Uh, They can expect to first understand the root uh, the root um, uh, uh, creation, if you will, essence of innovation from Scripture, mm-hmm. understanding the innovative ways that God operates and the innovative recipes from Scripture, but then also hear practical example of how they can use innovation to grow their businesses, increase their market share, but more importantly, have a kingdom impact. We're going to have speakers who are going to share from God's experiences, others who will demonstrate how that's how it works for their businesses. Right. Well, I tell you what, in the last two minutes or so, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give me your best sales pitch, right? Uh, as uh, entrepreneurs and business owners, everyone has to develop, for lack of better terms, a sales pitch, whether it's the 30-second elevator pitch or whether it's something longer. We'll call this the 90-second elevator pitch. For someone who's a skeptic, and one of you can choose to do it or you can tag team, it doesn't matter, about whether this really matters, pitch them on why they should consider coming the 19th to 25th, why this will actually make a difference. I'm putting you on the spot, but that's what we do with good people. You ready? Go. Well, I know from my perspective here in the D.C. metro area, you know, sometimes seeing is believing. Although we live by faith and not Mm -hmm. by sight, sometimes we need to see evidence, right? And so we're going to kick off the event with some kingdom business tours. We're going to feature four companies, Coke Coke Consolidated, D.C. Dream Center, Yakabad, and Kelly. So see for yourself just how God can be glorified for the, through the marketplace. I love that. That, that was a good, that was a good Elbert pitch. And we've had uh, Dream we've Center had Coke and Coke Consolidated. Yeah, yeah. we've had them before. both on the show. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The it, gentleman coming up from Atlanta? Yeah. Or where yeah. is he? No, Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte, there yes. you go. Well, Reggie Bean. Reggie, Reggie Bean. Bean. That's right. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> this is the first time I'll, I'll show that I get to make fun of uh, his, his advanced age sometimes, Dennis. <laughs> it, it doesn't help him remember certain things. Patrice, anything you want to add to that pitch? I thought it was pretty good, but we'll give you a shot, too. Well, I said this, we go from there to a three-day learning conference where you learn how to be like those that you saw on Monday, and then we'll conclude with two of my favorite events. You get a chance mm-hmm. to watch a real-life kingdom shark tank, mm-hmm. an entrepreneur oh, wow. That's cool. before That's investors cool. to raise capital, and lastly, an international business brand competition where you see seven countries compete for the coveted 
International Business Plan Competition Award. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I would want to go just to cool, see the, the Shark cool. Tank thing. That would Heck be yeah. great. Heck yeah. So, and that will, I just so much appreciate, Patrice, you calling in, Kelly, for coming in, especially since you've been here before and you knew what was going to happen for coming <laughs> back. Because I think it's really important that we continue to talk about the good news isn't just good <clears throat> news for one part of our life. It's good news for all parts of our life because Jesus makes that way in business, in whatever sort of aspect we want to try to compartmentalize, mm. that he wants to decompartmentalize. You know, brother, I'm always amazed that you can say that 32 is advanced age. I mean, that just bothers me. It just bothers me, man. I don't know. I'm just saying. Folks, if you want to hear more about the Nehemiah Project, go to nehemiahproject.org. That's nehemiahproject.org. You can also listen to this uh, um, broadcast again at goodnewsforthecity.com, goodnewsforthecity.com, or go to wava.com, put in the keyword good news, look under our podcast. Kelly, Patrice, thank you so much. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here Guys, you can also call me, if you're old school, you can call me at 703-807-2266. That'll get it, get you to our WAVA studios. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.